Hello, everyone, and welcome to season two of Ravished, a historical romance and movie review podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Donna. Woohoo! Can't believe we made it. Yes, yes, here we finally are. Thank you all for joining us. We are so happy to be back. Quite a hiatus we ended up taking after season one. Yes, uh, very extended. <laughs> Life has changed so much since then, though. You know, I brought a new human being into the world. Yeah. We both moved to different places. I started a new podcast, shameless plug right here, Donna's Lit Podcast. Check it out. Awesome. And <laughs> it's like we're in a whole different chapter in our lives. Definitely. I can say I have truly grown in so many ways. I, I could even almost change my name. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't believe it's September already. It's like we're living different lives than 10 months ago, for sure, when we had our last episode. 10 mm -hmm. months. So a different <laughs> chapter, yes. I do know, though, that we have been itching to get back to Ravished and share some romantic escapades we discovered while we've been away. So opening our second season, we decided to review the 1985 romance film, Out of Africa, starring Robert Redford and Meryl Streep. Yes, the film is loosely based upon the autobiographical novel, Out of Africa, written in 1937, with additional information from the 1960 book, Shadows on the Grass both written by Baroness Karen Blixen, a Danish author who wrote about her time living in Kenya in the early part of the 20th century. This film was a box office smash, making over $227 million, which is equivalent to over $631 million in today's money. <laughs> to say it was successful is an understatement. <laughs> the film even went on to win seven Academy Awards and countless other accolades. So, Donna, what made you choose to review this movie? Well, I've definitely heard of this film before. It was released a little before my time, but our grandma, you know, was a huge film mm -hmm. junkie and had a ton of VAH. Oh, my gosh. VAH. <laughs> 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 on her shelves so I remember seeing it but I never selected it <laughs> due to it being so long you know it had multiple tapes and I knew that it would take forever to watch and as a mm -hmm. younger lady I didn't want to necessarily spend the time to watch it like I had no clue what it was about and I didn't yeah. know anything about the plot or what was going to be the outcome but I saw it available on Netflix randomly and started it up because, you know, I was on maternity leave and had a lot of time to kill, you know, and oh, yes. you told me you'd never seen it either, right? No, I never watched it. I felt the same way uh, as you, you know, looking at that four or five pack VHS <laughs> tape. I mean... I was Thanks. like, no thanks back then, but right? yeah. <laughs> but yes, you are a mother again, and what a beautiful little baby you had. Uh, <laughs> she, I'm going to say she's such a blessing to all of our lives. She's one of those chill babies. She's a happy baby, and honestly, no one ever wants to put her down. 
you're right, but you're wrong because she is 23 pounds. So I do want to put her down quite often. <laughs> My arm feels like it's going to fall off. I bet. But she's such a cuddle bear. Yes. Thank you. Um, I love being a mommy and this podcast is just a nice way to do something else that I love, read romance and share it with you all. You'd think more knowledge of it would be available due to it being so popular. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure I like watched it a little bit, maybe at some point, you know, but I kept stopping. I remember something about lions and I have a photographic memory a little bit of one (laughs) and I remember his face on the cover Robert Redford it's Mm -hmm. you know he's got that strong square jaw and uh I mean he's handsome in his own way not really my cup of tea but uh (laughs) I get it I get it yeah there's definitely a few lions in this movie um I remember when we were talking about it initially you were like there's lions and I hadn't seen them yet so I'm like what the hell is gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) Um, scary yeah spoiler I picked this movie though because it seemed epic you know it's longer than today's typical movie and I saw it had won so many awards so I trusted that it would be worth the watch. I wanted to start season two off with a bang! (laughs) Bang! Bang! I mean seven Academy Awards is no small accomplishment you know Mm -hmm. and as you said earlier it's a pretty long movie clocking in at over two hours and 40 minutes. So, yeah, I'm surprised it jumped out at you. Never would I normally choose a movie this long, disclaimer, because nobody has time for that. I could be doing so many other things. But I definitely hesitated, and it was a huge commitment to sit and watch a movie that long. I had to break it up over, like, three days because, you know, at the time I had an infant and then a two-year-old, and those are the bosses in my house. So they only let me watch this movie during their sleep time and I was not getting any (laughs) yeah only nappy time but I can only imagine I'm I'm so excited and happy you decided to take some time for you and join us all for this next adventure amen woohoo yeah I watched all two hours and 40 minutes of it though so you don't have to listeners (laughs) (laughs) kidding Um, Like we said, it's an epic romance film, and that even though if you haven't read the book about it, which I had no clue existed until we started (laughs) researching, um, but this film made me feel like I was in a novel as I watched it. Not everything in the film is true to history because this is, you know, like we said, autobiographical, um, but it's not 100% sticking to Baroness Blixen's books about what really happened. Mm-hmm. However, it was very thorough and detailed. You know, you could feel the efforts the producer and directors put into the minute focus of a scene or the effort put into constructing what it was probably like in Kenya at the time and in the world of, you know, European colonialism at the turn of the century in Africa. They mm-hmm. took the viewers there, which is, in my opinion, hard to do through a movie sometimes and is better done with just reading the book about it, you know? 
I love movies like that. They're able to transport you, you know, to or through the characters. And since this was a film, I decided to read the Out of Africa book's back cover to give our readers the original description by the author. In this book, the author of Seven Gothic Tales gives a true account of her life on her plantation in Kenya. She tells with classic simplicity of the ways of the country and the natives, of the beauty of the Nagong Hills and coffee trees in blossom, of her guests from the Prince of Wales to Nudson, the old charcoal burner who visited her, of primitive festivals of big game that were her near neighbors, lions, rhinos, elephants, zebras, buffaloes, and of Lulu, the little gazelle who came to live with her unbelievably ladylike and beautiful. So how do you feel that description holds to the movie's version, Donna? Unfortunately, we did not get any visits from the Prince of Wales or Nudson, and I do not recall anything about Lulu the gazelle. Uh, what? They cut out Lulu? Savages! Wow, why? <laughs> yes, I know. And I just want to put out a disclaimer. If I incorrectly state anything in my review blame my children okay this is how I remember the film okay so for our characters <laughs> we have the incomparable Meryl Streep as Karen Blixen she's our main character who we see grow from a young lady into an established woman she starts out looking for marriage in Denmark and traveling to Africa to marry a friend Baron Blixen Robert Redford plays Dennis. He's Karen's love interest who's American. But this detail is not accurate to history. Dennis was Danish, I think. He was not American, that's for sure. <laughs> but Dennis is an adventurer and sort of a lone wolf. He doesn't want Karen to need him. And he doesn't feel love needs to be proven by grand gestures or anything. You know, he didn't need a wedding ring to know that he was in a committed relationship. And um, he's just not your typical knight in shining armor. He's kind of a commitment phobe from how I interpreted his character. Sounds Next. like a simple man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But not because he flies airplanes. So it's like, there's something going on up there. Uh, <laughs> Next, we have Klaus Brandauer, who plays Baron Blixen. So he's her husband, and he's a supporting character. He's not really in the movie very often, but he's not very likable either. So these are the three most frequent characters, but it really is mostly about Karen, obviously, because it's her autobiography. Um, yeah. And the other characters in the <clears throat> film, they're relevant, but not so much as to mention them. You know, they're not worth mentioning. Okay. So how did you enjoy watching Meryl Streep and Robert Redford in these roles? I mean, were they believable as a couple? So I enjoyed seeing them on screen. Meryl Streep is very endearing to me in like every single film I see her in. The only piece of work I've seen her do that I did not like her in was Big Little Lies, this HBO show. And it in no way was because she 
gave a bad performance, it was because she was so convincing as this super unlikable character she was portraying. And it made me just like, ugh, Meryl, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> but in this film, she was outstanding with, you know, her Danish accent or what I I think a Danish accent sounds like because <laughs> I've never heard one. <laughs> <laughs> And then Robert Redford embodied the idea I feel people around the world have of American men, you know, very casual acting, a man of Mm -hmm. few words, very adventurous, always chasing some risky thrill. And he also reminded me of Brad Pitt, which hubba hubba, hello, ding dong, you're gorgeous, Brad Pitt. Hello. I mean, fine wine, just getting better with age. Yes. But <laughs> but yeah, they both of these men have similar jaw lines, you know, like you said earlier, real strong jaw line. And then they're both mm-hmm. blonde. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, every time I kept seeing Robert Redford, I'd picture Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Meryl, she's a genius actress and I think she's nuts, but that what <laughs> that's what makes her so special, you know, and good and great. Uh, but her accents, in my opinion, they're a little cringy sometimes. Um, I can hear her voice with one of her accents and it's, I think I shudder a little bit. Like <laughs> it's similar to Robin Williams voice as Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh you my know? gosh. No. But anyway, <laughs> I did find on Wikipedia that she is described by many as the best actress of her time. I can see that. So, yeah, I mean, she's great. Uh, Redford, he does. He looks like Brad's great uncle. <laughs> but, I mean, Pitt, he is the most handsome man alive ever. I could mm-hmm. watch his movies my whole life long. And, I mean, he's just, he's so beautiful and he glows, you know. So, <laughs> they do resemble each other, but. I just you know, love how, how, like, <laughs> We're totally just inserting Brad Pitt into this movie. (laughs) (laughs) He fits in. I mean, he can fit in anywhere, anytime. Hi, Brad. Good looking. (laughs) Shout out to Brad Pitt. (laughs) Ooh, okay. Um, but you know, I know you mentioned Meryl's accent. You know what's funny is, according to IMDb, Meryl Streep actually listened to recordings of the real Karen Blixen to get her accent down. So she like studied it and tried to mimic it. So that's kind of funny that you thought she sounded like Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh my goodness! No <laughs> offense, okay, guys. <laughs> but um. <laughs> As to your second question you asked, yes, they were very believable as a couple. And what I really liked about this movie, perhaps because it's based on real life, is that it wasn't, you know, all rainbows and sunshine and mm-hmm. poop and glitter, you know, for them as a couple. Meryl Streep pushed Robert Redford for commitment and she had her standards and I was glad it wasn't a happily ever after as soon as they shared their first kiss you know what I mean yeah yeah that makes it more real uh I mean who relates with a perfect relationship you know and um besides with God of course (laughs) but believable is what I look for most in a movie or a book I mean 
I'm under, uninterested in sci-fi and fantasy, unless it's like a comedy like Spaceballs or, of course, the classic E.T. And My Stepmother's an Alien with Kim Basinger. <laughs> yeah? I don't know that movie. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. But <laughs> uh, did you feel the movie was like a purely romantic film? I'm glad you asked that because I really feel like this movie is more important than just telling a love story. It it carries a way deeper message. On the surface, we have Karen who's wanting to get married because that was every woman's goal in life at that time in history. Um, she marries into a, what she expects to be a happy companionship and actual marriage, but her husband doesn't really have time for her or show up a lot at all, you know, then yeah. she's looking for comfort, whatever she's looking for with her husband's neglect, she starts seeing Dennis a lot and falls for him and she reaches an understanding with her husband because he was living his own life the entirety of their marriage. And, you know, she lives life as Dennis's partner. But then you delve deeper. So that was the surface. The film shows mm -hmm. how Africans were driven from their own land and lived in uncertainty that these European colonizers would take more land and then make them leave where their ancestors came from they had to work the land that was actually theirs, but the colonialists just took over, you know? And mm -hmm. it showed for me growth in the main character, Karen, that at the end of the film, before she goes back to Denmark, she realizes some of the prejudice or maybe her prior ignorance that, you know, she's changed her thinking about. And I think that message was definitely conveyed in just as big of a storyline as the romance. Okay, I see. So what did you like least about this movie? For me, obviously, the length could have been adjusted. <laughs> I know it was a film adapted over from a book about someone's life, but they could have edited even more, in my opinion. I think because it's real life that was being shown, it wasn't like perfectly editable you know it wasn't wrapped up in a tiny bow um so there are slow parts in life and romance isn't always hot and heavy for 90 minutes straight but right. I also don't feel like I needed to know every facet of Karen's life to feel I watched a quality movie um okay. it was just overkill yeah so I think you're saying it was too much cinematography or um, and who would you recommend this movie to and why? Go. Um, too much cinematography. Yeah, I think it just dragged on in areas it didn't need to or there were scenes that didn't need to be in the film. Like, why is that there? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, it seemed kind of like, you know, in the 30s and 40s, there were movies that would come out that were super long. But that's because not every household had a TV set or, you know, the ability to I don't know, barely have electricity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in the 80s, when this film was made, it's like, you didn't need to give us a three hour long production. We're past that age of needing to sit in the movie theater for four hours and have a interlude in the middle of the film, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But um, I'm going to be honest. 
and say, even though I think highly of this film and I appreciate it and respect it, I do not personally know anyone who I would recommend it to. I I know. I think people really into film who love cinematography and classic films would probably enjoy it, but I just believe it's hard to find people who have the interest to sit that long and watch a movie because it wasn't like super climactic. Okay. So at that note, I guess you were a bit bored, Mm. but, but yeah, I mean, they, they make them a little different nowadays with lots of lights and action, I guess, less camera, so to speak. (laughs) Um, I feel like you'd absolutely hate one of my favorite movies. The main character is mute. But there's a female voice dialogue for the voice in her head, you know. Do you know what it is? What movie? Uh, sorry, I'm stuck on you saying lots of lights and action and less camera. <laughs> <laughs> what? You are so funny. Um, but <laughs> no, I, I have zero idea what movie we're talking about right now. <laughs> well, it is The Piano with Holly Hunter and Harvey Keitel. Never heard of Which <laughs> we may review it one day, so I'm not going to rate it, but I could, and you guys can probably guess. But <laughs> it also was a VHS tape on Grandma's Library Shelf. Now it's gone forever. <laughs> Who knows where those are? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, I wanted to add that I found a different view from WordPress.com on this movie that was interesting. They titled their piece, Out of Africa, Taking the Africans Out of Africa. They went on to describe the book being unfortunately different from the movie in the way that the three main African characters in the book that were strong and wise with a seemingly profound contribution, um, they were made out to be obedient servants in the movie. So does that seem legitimate to you? Because, I mean, I'm inquiring about the movie since I know you didn't read the book. Wow. Yeah, that's very accurate in that none of the Africans depicted in the movie were made to be in any way wise or profound or had, you know, a part of the story, really. They were just the help, which is a big kind of whitewashing of that experience I'm sure Karen had. And it didn't, at the end, you know how I discussed the realization she had of the disparity of how these Africans were treated and it was really their land by the colonizers um it didn't show how she could have come to that realization and it would have made more sense if we saw she was very involved with the three African characters from the book you were mentioning you know that they did have a huge impact on her because they didn't show that relationship at all but um I know people might be like, oh, well, it was the times. They didn't do it back then. But this film was made in the 80s, not the 40s or 30s. You know, that's not a legitimate reason to cut out history, regardless the time period, but especially not in the 80s. They should have realized it. But um, yeah, that's disappointing. And no, I've never heard of or seen the piano. (laughs) Can't wait till you review it. I think I'm going to. It's a beautiful movie. Nice. Um, One other piece of interesting information, not that this movie was geared towards a belief or anything, but is the actual theory of out of Africa. 
Have you heard what it is? No, Did ma'am. Did I already say this? No. Oh, the theory of out of Africa. Okay, you said no, ma'am. Uh, the out of Africa theory describes how homo sapiens came from West Africans. It's like the theory of evolution, I think. That's what I looked up and I learned that. Hmm. I mean, I feel like that's kind of a stretch because the topic of evolution in this film was not correlate whatsoever. Like, it's not. Right. No, that's not. I think that's a different. It's just a, a coincidence or something. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Donna, what do you rate this movie out of five stars? Well, IMDb rates this film 3.5 stars out of five and uh, 7.1 out of 10. Uh, I think I give it a three out of five stars. It's a good film with incredible acting. They don't make them like that anymore, but I think the film should have been edited down more. I feel a little snobby saying this, but you know, sorry, Karen Blixen was not a celebrity or like a known person who we need to know so many facets of her life about. Like it just was kind of dry. Does that make sense? Yes, total sense. So do you, do you think you would watch it? I was just going to say, yeah, I'll try. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Thanks, I'll need it. Well, dear sister Donna, you've done it again. Another movie review bites the dust. Oh, really yeah. nice work. <laughs> and thank you so much. Thank you. All right, everyone. This wraps up our review of Out of Africa and ravished first episode of season two yes we're back <laughs> we're back and we'll be back again in two weeks with a new review so be sure to tune in thank you all so much for tuning in please remember to rate write a review please and subscribe to ravish on your favorite podcast platform also follow us on twitter and instagram well x formerly known as twitter and instagram yeah. at ravish podcast Bye. Bye.